Off the Ball with thanks to Ford. This season making stunning saves with the Ford 2016 Real Deal event at participating Ford dealers. Ford, go further. All right, a very good evening to you. Welcome along to Friday Night's Off the Ball. We've got the crappy quiz, quiz of the year coming up after 8 o'clock this evening. So if uh, you've got anything that you want to get off your chest in advance of that, uh, text the show 53106. Or tweet us here on Off The Ball. We're obviously talking rugby. We've got Brian just in studio with us. Brian, very good evening to you. Good evening. Also with us, Colm. How are you, Jared? And uh, Kian, how are you? Good, Jared. Uh, before we get on to what Colm is dying to talk about, because he's had a good day today. Uh, playing rugby at Christmas, uh, when you guys were in your peak and things were going well, you always had to play on Stephen's Day and generally against Munster. Mm. So it's not like you could, you know, actually get out and... No, it was, you, you were entertainment at Christmas time. You, had to, you realised that you had to suck it up. So yeah, it was Christmas was brutal. Yeah, been great the last two years. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> but then there was always the famous Christmas parties afterwards, right? Was that yeah? So they before? no, they, so they would be, but they would be totally based on whether you had success in the sec in the fourth round of of the Heineken Cup or the Champions Cup. Yeah. So this weekend fixtures more often than not, it's that night is mm. the or that maybe the Sunday. Uh, after that so yeah and fancy dress too yeah um, and some always, famous ones yeah some some, some good ones <laughs> some questionable and dodgy <laughs> ones yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah so it social was, media wasn't quite as popular as it was but I remember you know we, we lost in in cast um, when we won the Heineken Cup in 09 and then coming back and then trying to get yourself up like in fancy dress yeah and Michael Checker looking at us going seriously yeah. you're going to still Attitudes have, you're still going to do it yeah but they weren't no, as it turns out. <laughs> what did uh, what did Cheka say? Like, was he like going to do this, lads? Is it was it? a look more than anything, and we were listen. Did I think at out? that stage too. No, 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 no. This is purely players. Right. But just it's it's we're all kind of thinking ourselves, what are we doing here? Like it's it's low, and you know you're going into Christmas. The Sunday you're Tribune have to work had their famous so headline hard. that day. Pardon? The Sunday Tribune had their famous headline that day. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. About the, banished it from about the Leinster Lady Boys. Oh right, okay. Oh, was that yeah. that one? Yeah. That was that day. That was it. You're right. Yeah. Um, we still went and partied hard, and it worked out okay in the end. Thankfully, the lady boys came good. They did. They turned into lady men. Is um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Right, and we got Tommy Ball coming up in a little while. <laughs> <Good players. laughs> Tommy Ball coming up. So, because we you know, we figured we we're going to try and talk to people from um, teams that are doing well at the moment. We will get into that in a couple of minutes' time. Some somebody who's done well today, Colm all your bragging has finally paid off. No, no, actually, you've got you've got this all wrong. I didn't brag. I didn't say anything. I was the bigger man. Um, I knew you were going to bring up the goal challenge, which we had this morning. Goal mile, yeah, goal mile. goal mile challenge, and I was delighted <laughs> with my time. And the goal challenge is the GA match that the All Ireland champions played. The goal okay, mile is already different. Right, whatever. It's for goal. <laughs> the, the most important thing here is this wonderful charity that does such great work. We know that, right? But anyways, what really interested me in the competitive side of the goal mile this year was I, I explained this the other night. Last year, Oshin Langan called me out. He trash talked me. Is one of these kind of things I didn't even know there was a competition between us. I was just running it. And he sprinted down the home straight, beat me at the very end. I was just jogging and then proceeded to trash talk me in interviews after it. Here's the first uh, time he trash talked. I thought I'd get myself too much to do to be Woolly. And Dave, and uh, let's be honest, no one wanted to lose to Woolly. So no one wanted to lose to Woolly, even though... He's like, right. Okay, maybe yeah, he might be right. Yeah, and then correct. about a minute later, he called me out again. It was nice just to beat Woolly. That was the main objective. You beat him, did you? Yeah. So basically... I, I offered him 50 euro this year you know because I didn't know it was a competition so he he banged it up to 100 really oh. rattled my cage a little bit <laughs> but let this be a lesson to anybody don't call me out on anything and uh, you're including this trickle 
because uh, 30, please, please call him out on something 30, 30, 35 seconds was the difference in the two times today so he's comprehensively beaten he now has to give 100 euros to charity which you know it's goal, nice for a charity for goal yes obviously so just on that right we were all there and it's like oh it's 100 quid you're giving the money to charity, aren't you? I call him and he goes, well, I was thinking they might take 50 from me and give 50 to the charity. <laughs> well, I've, never, I've never bet for money that I didn't actually win the money when I won the bet. It's, it's not a great feeling. Really? Like 100 euros, 100 euros. Like, what a win. It's, it's a no, psychological win. Was, it's all about yeah, the win. win. Yeah. Like I said, it's not about the money. Like no. said, like, Oshin's not a huge competitor of mine. So, like, you know, I never felt in any danger of losing. I was, more, <laughs> I was doing it for the money. <laughs> but now the money's going to goal. That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he had it already spent. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, 35 <laughs> seconds was the, dis- was the distance between us, so, or the time between us. So that's comprehensive. And it's, it's. I just want the message to go out. Do not trash talk me. It's almost as comprehensive as Keane's beating of you. Well, in that's tr- well, that's true. Uh, he only beat you by thirty-two. But seconds. as they say, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Colin beat me by two minutes and twenty-four seconds. But Ouch. I beat Nathan, which was all that I cared about. So you know. So it's the little victories that count. The yeah. fact that you were able to celebrate that victory for most of the final it last great, as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how comprehensive it was. He was strolling. So yeah. right, where are we starting? Uh, lots of rugby news today, Ger. Ian Madigan looks increasingly likely to be leaving Leinster at the end of the season. Bordeaux now emerged as his most likely destination. The Keep reporting this morning that the top 14 club are confident of persuading Madigan to join uh, what is fast becoming a pretty exciting backline that they're building. Currently includes Adam Ashley Cooper and Lionel Boxis. And the Keep say that talks between the player and club are at an advanced stage despite reported interest from Bristol and Harlequins. And of course, the RFU's high performance director, David Nusaforis, believed to want Madigan to move to Munster in the summer. Um, is this a good move? I think I think a move where he gets first um, team rugby is a good move. And being a re- uh, being realistic about it, um, you know, it's going to be outside the country. He can't even even then in Munster. Is he one hundred percent guaranteed? Maybe not. Uh, plus, as well, you know, you have to weigh up everything, and money is become going to become a really big factor on all this. Um, it's Adam a Ashley massive Cooper, offer. Adam Ashley it? Cooper didn't go to Begley Bordeaux, you know, to win top 14s. He went for a bit of sunshine and some some money. And I hope Ian Madigan, if he does go down there, starts at ten or wherever he wants to play. And I hope he earns very very well because he deserves it. He's he's you know done more than an apprenticeship in Leinster. He's worked hard at trying to get into that team. He hasn't done so on a continual basis and now he needs to go and look after Ian Madigan mm. uh, Boxes is uh, an out half though yeah right? he plays 15 too though ok so he'll, he'll yeah. the likelihood is they're going to give half Plus, a million quid a year to he's getting on as well Boxes he's like he, 34, 35 yeah probably. he is but as well you know the French, a lot of the French teams kind of have a home and away team so yeah. send Lionel Boxes off to the away matches to you know Stade Francais and nice. Ian will play down in Bordeaux gladly I'm sure yeah um is there any chance of this actually working out that he does go to Munster I mean it, it seems a little bit late in the day to be saying you know there's a career path for you here maybe five years ago they'd I can't see it happening there's certain people that you could see can could transform from Leinster to Munster or Munster to Leinster I don't see it being Ian Madigan being one of those just feel as though the fit isn't right his haircut's too, too fancy <laughs> <laughs> but he's got, he went shaved I thought that was one of the smartest <laughs> plays he ever made was shaving his head before the, um, the before the Argentina game eventually it didn't quite work out but at least there weren't a load of comments about it in, in the aftermath too about having the high and tight yeah uh, so um, no I, I just don't think that he's he's, he's suited 
probably to their game as well. I think you know he's quite a he's a he's he's a loose uh, heads up sort of player. I think they probably go for a bit more of a structured game, a la you know what we saw with Raj for. 12 or 13 years yeah so it's not it's not a natural fit in, in that aspect at all is there a point where this is going to become like where News 4 actually gets the ability to say look you're going there and that's the right thing for you no no money will always talk it isn't in this in in this ever growing game that we're now playing and money is now becoming a, a, a considerable factor in it and I think players are starting to wisen up to the fact that they won't have 12, 13, 14, 15 years that they might have seven or eight at the top yeah. so they got to maximise those years and, and the playing for Ireland thing they're not really in a position to say you can never play it'll be like look you know if it's a 50-50 call it's not going to go your way yeah listen but you, you probably do realise that if you go abroad but you've got to weigh up all those things and if you're still playing away, um, away and your team is going well and you're performing well coach would be mad to ignore you yeah we're not, we're not England. He'll be 28 you know, at the end of this contract as well. I mean, it's not necessarily the end of his Ireland career. You know, Any chance that he stays at Leinster? I don't see it happening either. I don't see it happening. But, you know, he's going to leave, he's going to leave quite the void too. Yeah, yeah who's back up then? Well, that's that's the question. So they're probably going to have to bring someone else. Jimmy Gutberg, no. come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy's not even starting for once these days, so you never oh, know. Right. That was a big investment for Wasps as well. Uh, some uh, news just uh, developing in the last half hour or so as well. Keane Healy's on the Leinster bench for tomorrow's uh, European Champions Cup match against Toulon after lodging an appeal against his two-week ban yesterday. The tournament organisers have agreed that Healy's free to play until the outcome of his appeal hearing. He was initially cited for striking with the knee uh, during an incident that took place in the first half of last week's trip to the south of France, but he ended up being punished under a different law uh, which was never raised during uh, the disciplinary hearing. Pretty lucky. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I sent a tweet at the time and I, I said that rugby was getting very soft when I saw him going to the Sinbin. Ikean's the only one that fully knows the level of intent, whether that drive through with his knee was intentional or not. It, you know, there's one angle that it doesn't look brilliant, but I just think you know, people are like, what the, what the ref was saying, the team were saying was, oh, you, you know, he wasn't even connected to the rook. If you're spat out the back of the rook and you're loitering there, you're, you're ripe for getting cleaned out. Maybe not by someone's knee, yeah, but, 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 but you are ripe for getting cleaned out. And yeah, you'll have to do, take a lie detector on, with, with Keen as to whether there was an intent there or not. He looked just, down though, didn't he? Did he, yeah? Yeah. I just think we're just, I'm all for player welfare, welfare I really am. But you know, it's it's a tough sport that we play, and we can't lose that aspect, that that aggressive aspect to it. Albeit, you know, from that one last angle that I had another look at today, it probably didn't reflect my comments <laughs> as well as I would have hoped last weekend. Uh, there's uh, also team news from the rest of the team. Healy's going to be on the bench. Fergus McFadden and Isaac Boss have been ruled out through injury uh, for Leinster as well, which means there's starts for Dave Carney and Owen Redden uh, with 20-year-old Nick, McCar- Nick McCarthy providing uh, scrum half cover on the bench. I said Mick McCarthy there. <laughs> Our producer, that would be. He is not 20 years old. He definitely is not a, not a scrum half either. <clears throat> um, the, the rest of the team? Yeah, well, the less rest of the Leinster team? Yeah. Okay, uh, Rob Carney, Dave Carney. Uh, it's Theo and Fitzgerald centre. Uh, Isa captains from the wing. Uh, then the halfbacks is Sexton and Redden. Front row is going to be McGrath, uh, Strauss, Ross. Same second row, which is Toner and McCarthy, and the same back row, which is Reese Ruddock, Jamie Heaslip, and Josh Vanderflyer. Yeah, good job there. You didn't even have that written down. 
That's what. Yes. Um, so, is this the right team to be putting out? Is there any chance, like, do you, you just have to win this game? That's the single most important thing? Or are you like, need to blood players? What? Yeah, listen, I don't know what players you can blood. I think it's fantastic. The one upside to what's gone on the last few weeks is that we've seen the, the emergence of Josh van der Flyer. Uh, I think he has been he was very good against Toulon for the time he was on uh, made a huge tackle count he's not an he's not an enormous guy but he packs a serious punch he's aggressive yeah. he's just he, I think he's really shaping into a, a very very nice seven and you know I suppose the concern from that point of view we've got in, in answer we've got a number of very very solid sevens Dominic Ryan um, Jordy Murphy and Shawnee obviously who's, who's out injured at the moment so there's four pretty yeah. good qualities so You'd, you'd have some sort of concerns for guys that aren't producing now because there mightn't be spots for them in the squad next year. Is that a case where New Sephora should be coming in and saying, OK, look, Leinster have yeah. a, 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 you know, a lot of riches in this particular area? And mm. I think it is. I think players realise. I think someone like Dominic Ryan, for instance, who hasn't seen an awful lot of game time, you know, maybe the smart move now for him is to move to another province, be it, you know, it could be any of the three, depending on you know, where the needs lie. So... Um, I, I think a certain point comes where you get to 24, 25 mm. if you've you know if you've started out as a 19 or 20 year old and you've only seen you know 8, 10 games a year yeah. you want to play yeah. regular they should rugby want to. Yeah, they shouldn't they be do. in yeah, yeah. but I'm wondering can they do that could he do that mid-contract like could Dominic Warren yeah. for example be two years into a three year contract and say look Dominic Go yeah, to Connex, well, we give you a new well, team. Certainly, deal. they've gone on loan. Quinn Rue went yeah, over on yeah, loan. Yeah. John Cooney went over on, right. on, on loan. I think Willie Falloon got out of a contract over in Connacht to return back to Ulster. So it has yeah. happened. There is precedent, and the union is so has used that word to, to um, for their own protection in the past mm. about not wanting to set precedent. Well, you know, sometimes it can help you. Uh, is Ringrose not worth a look in a game like this when there's a strong shout Ben Teo's not coming back next year or at least that's what the mood music at the moment is that he also is going to take a massive contract away and you're thinking look that's you know if if Ander Fleer's a bright spot and you've got the chance to have another bright spot it'll give the fans okay we understand we're getting these guys coming through and that's beneficial Ben Teo's going to play the game now if they win Teo plays really well I guess Leo's happier about that. Yeah, they're also not just thinking Champions Cup now. They're thinking getting a bit of continuity going so we can pick it up in the Pro 12 when, yeah. when these two games finish and then we go through the, the Christmas period where we get some results. And we need to make so, sure we, and we can own, Yeah, so yeah. We, that's now got to be the... the um, of utmost importance of finishing top four okay. and ideally top two. That makes sense. Uh, team news from the other other provinces today as well. Uh, Anthony Foley's made three changes to his Munster pack for Sunday's return game against Leicester. Mike Sherry and John Ryan join James Cronin in the front row. Mark Chisholm starts in the second row with Donica Ryan. Uh, John Ryan's inclusion at tight head comes because of a concussion injury for BJ Botha, which means that Uruguayan international Mario Sagario is named among the Munster squ- subs as well. Ulster have made two changes to their Back row for Sunday's visit to Toulouse. Roger Wilson starts at eight instead of Nick Williams, who's on the bench. Sean Reedy is named at open side in place of Chris Henry. And Connacht's horrendous injury list means Pat Lamb's only been able to select a 22-man squad for Sunday's Challenge Cup trip to Newcastle. Out half Shane O'Leary and Academy prop Conan O'Donnell will both make their first senior starts for the province. Craig Ronaldson moves to inside centre. They'd initially got a 23-man squad penciled in, but with eight front row forwards. And then Ronan Lockney broke down in training this morning so they'll travel to Newcastle with just nine fully fit backs to choose from.
it's harsh, isn't it? The uh, game is becoming increasingly difficult to sustain, like unless you've got a fifty-man squad, right? Yeah, that's like that's really unfortunate. Um, they're they're that that's that's the major concern for Connacht this season. They're going so well. They're clearly playing very well as a unit. They're coached quite well, and they've had some really great results. Obviously, the one down in Thomond. But the issue is going to always be a little bit of strength and depth when you do get to those periphery and those academy players, whether they're able to yeah. do as good a job. And it's a long season now. We're not even at Christmas, so we've still got another over a, over a half to go. So you need to get some of those players back you know, fit soon um, to make sure they can push. More importantly for them will be about pushing for top four in Pro 12. Yeah, like you don't, you win this competition, you don't even get a place. No, you do Cup. now. I think do it's you? come okay. in this year. Okay. Right. So yeah. maybe that's worth, because I, I was thinking otherwise yeah. you stick your academy team out there and go. I don't think it did last year, but I think they've yeah. changed the rule this oh, year. That would make sense too. Uh, in football, Goose Hiddings been in London today holding talks with Roman Abramovich about bailing the club out for a second time. He's uh, their preferred candidate as caretaker boss, but is quoted as saying he'll need several days to make up his mind, so he won't be in charge for this weekend's game against Sunderland. Abramovich actually spoke to the players at their training base today promising them a fresh start and about his future plans and meanwhile the venue for it was the venue for peace talks after World War One. it was the home of French royalty it's also going to be the home of the Irish squad for Euro 2016 the FAI confirming they've chosen Versailles as their training base for next year's tournament the historic city in the southwestern suburbs of Paris will provide the team's hotel and training facilities next summer Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane reportedly extremely impressed with what they've already viewed uh, also UEFA releasing ticket allocations for next summer's group matches 13,000 uh, Irish fans will be able to uh, see the game through official ticket ma- uh, ticket sales anyway for the game at Stade de France against Sweden then 6,000 allocation for the match against Belgium in Bordeaux and 7,000 for the Italy game in Lille uh, Andy Lee and Billy Joe Saunders both made weight today ahead of tomorrow's uh, fight for Lee's WBO middleweight title the fight's going to be around by 10.15 uh, tomorrow night uh, also, uh, Michel Platini's lawyers were in uh, the ethics committee with FIFA today over nine hours. Uh, the ruling is expected Monday. Sepp Blatter's called a press conference in expectation of whatever the ruling is at the old FIFA headquarters, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, well, you know, you've got to return to the scene of the crime. Everybody thinks you're guilty otherwise. Right, we've got to take a quick break. We're going to talk with uh, Tommy Bow next. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions for us, add off the ball or 53106. Tommy! Off the ball with thanks to Ford. Drive for the line with the new Ford Cougar Titanium Plus. If you want to drive a real SUV, it's time to drive a Cougar. Ford, go further. All right, a very good evening to you. You're welcome back to Friday Night's Off the Ball. We've got Brian and Jessica in the studio with us. If you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can text the show on 53106 or you can tweet us at Off the Ball. We will bring you some more misery from uh, Munster and Leinster in a little while, but uh, a bit of positivity. We've got Tommy Bow on the line. Tommy, a very good evening to you. How are you doing? Hi there, how's things? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, life is pretty good for Ulster at the moment. Um, yeah, well, certainly after last weekend, it is. Um, I think maybe the few weeks before that, the loss to Leinster was uh, was was difficult. I think for the boys to take, uh, but I suppose it was a pretty tough game. Uh, and then for us to I, turn it around against Edinburgh the following week, I think we we. I think it was pretty close in the end, but we probably could have scored a few more tries. And then I think last weekend, obviously. To, to everything just went to went to plan for us and um, yeah I think the boys will be feeling very confident going over next weekend One of those um, nights where a, a kick through from Trimble bounces perfectly for him and he goes over and then uh, Nick Williams just absolutely obliterates a guy on the line you're thinking this is this is sensational 
maybe yeah. maybe they're going to win the game. You don't expect them to absolutely annihilate thirty-eight nil like it's crazy. I know it was incredible. Um, I think just and the fact that they they were able to hold it to nil. I think that Toulouse, you know, they, we could have easily let them in for a score in the last couple of minutes, and um, you know, it wouldn't have taken the shine massively of the victory. But I think um, you know to to have that that sort of lead and to have kept them to a nil going into a, a difficult way fixture against them. Um, you know the boys will take huge confidence from that Is there a, a fear Brian sometimes you rouse the beast by annihilating them at home and then the next week it's like oh you again A small, a small bit if it's Toulouse uh, I've been on the receiving end of a, of a couple of wallopings down in Ernest Well on it's a tough place to go and play but and, you know the upside for for Ulster is that they've come off the back of a huge performance, and Toulouse they they didn't allow as much as Toulouse weren't brilliant. I don't think they allowed Toulouse play, and their defence. I think performances and those ten, those level of victories are more often than not built on on defensive performances, and that was where the foundations lay. And then their attack shape was absolutely excellent. It's actually something that I I kind of want to ask Tommy about. Obviously, Les Kiss Tommy, um, you know, synonymous with Ireland defence. Uh, is he is he the one that's taking over the attack shape now? And and you know the little bit that I don't know if you've been out in the pitch or seen what's been going on. Have you been excited with some of the ideas that he's been coming up with? Because I think we got a, a taster of it at the weekend. Yeah, he's he's come in, and I think what he's done first and foremost since coming in, he's really challenged challenged the coaches. I think um, you know at the start, uh, you know the coaches I suppose probably didn't know what to think. I'm sure they've been been chatting to Les a little bit when he was with Ireland, but when he came in, I think he really, you know, he, I think he knows the quality that people like um, Neil Doak has and, you know, the ideas that he has. And I think he challenged them. Um, and I think that that's exactly it. I think he he's given the likes of Paddy Wallace or Paddy Jackson, Ruan Pinar, a huge conference as well. Um, that Paddy, I'm sure you know what sort of passing quality Paddy has, but the way he's kind of switching switch and play a little bit uh, looking to come back and short down, come down the short side so he's uh, he's definitely challenging boys he's given them lots of confidence and I think that it's only going to go from there you know it's still very early stages and what Les has had to be able to bring to us but um, everybody seems to be really enjoying it and he seems so enthusiastic about the whole thing Paddy Jackson's still only 22 I think is that right? Yeah yeah 22, 23 I think he is but, um, he's been he's 22 really for about 5 years now has <laughs> yeah, he not? I know no no he's Still, I mean, honestly, he's, uh, well, I mean, he first came down to, to Irish training, I remember, and he was, uh, I think he was one year into the under-20s, I think he was maybe just turned 19, and he was slinging these passes about, I remember seeing him, wondering who the hell this kid was, so he's been around a long time, it seems like he's been around a long time, but he's still a very young young head on those shoulders, so uh, I think it's exciting for Ireland going forward, but um, at the minute with Ulster, um, you know, he's full of confidence, I think he was disappointed with not really getting much game time in the World Cup, and He's using that. Using that. Uh, I think he's using his opportunity now to try and put his hand up. Um, um, t- t- talk to us a little bit about uh, about the centres. Obviously, great to see Luke Marshall back. You know, he's had mm, a litany yeah. of injuries, and you yeah, know, obviously the, con- the concussions have have you know have really knocked him back on numerous occasions. But um, his partnership with Stuart McCluskey, I suppose, I for one wasn't sure because it, I felt they were both out now twelves, but it, uh-huh. they really seemed to click at the weekend. And uh, and both of them, Stuart McCluskey looks as though he's an awful lot more than just a ball carrier guy that's going to get you over the advantage line. He had, you know has some nice feet good offloading games so they certainly complemented them well and I'm sure Darren Cave is a nervous guy uh, you know at this moment and in time and Jared I mean Jared is another man you know coming back you know we do have a, we have a lot of centres there which is, which is 
promising. But I think, you know, for well, personally for me, to see Luke Marshall come back and get an opportunity in such a big game and to play so well, um, you know, Stuart McCluskey, because I, I, of his size, he's seen as very much as a battering ram, but he has incredible feet um, and he's a super offloader of the ball as well. So, I mean, to have someone like Luke Marshall there to play off him, that the two of them can chuck the ball up, but also be able to throw a pass to, uh, it was pretty promising. I think that going over there this weekend as well, that Toulouse are going to try and come come hard at Ulster. You know, that their pack are going to come hard at us. They're going to try and get over the game line. When you have those two guys there, you know, you can rely a lot on them in defence. And then hopefully when we get a bit of ball, they can kind of take on, I suppose, the bigger front front five that Toulouse have. I saw people asking you on Twitter earlier, a little earlier on, Brian, about McCluskey and a potential for Ireland at 12. Is he a potential for Ireland at 13 even? Um, no, I don't think so. Not at the moment. I, I, like Because I, ha- I haven't seen him at 13, I think you have to. It is it is definitely from an attack or from a defending po- position more difficult to, to, to learn. And so that's, um, it didn't surprise me greatly that I found that Luke Marshall was defending at 13 with Stuart at 12 at the weekend. A little bit more experience. Um, but yeah, listen, it, it, it is exciting from an Irish perspective, you know, seeing a guy that size, as Tommy said, with really good feet. And he's, he's got some nice distribution as well. He can, he can throw a 10, 15 metre pass, you know, on the run with, with, with considerable comfort, which is, which is a great sign in, in a young player like that. A lot of them have become gym rats and just, you know, mm. all about the physicality. But to have the subtlety to his game as well is really important. And he, inter- he, has, he has a bit of confidence as well, Drico. That's one thing that since he has come into the setup, you know, he, he's very, he's not phased by anything um, and he's very much wanting to get the ball in his hands. He's confident in himself that he can, he can get over the game line, he can take players on. So that's actually something that has been really good for him because I think when you do have people like Darren Cave, Jared Payne, Luke Marshall before, Stuart Olding there, you know, people, <laughs> whenever he came in, you know, it looked like he had no chance of getting himself into the team but he has that sort of confidence to kind of put his hand up and, and want the ball, he's hungry for it, which I think is, is very important too. How are you getting on? Because um, I know the last time we saw you, you were saying that uh, you'd had to go to some events in a pair of shorts because you couldn't get uh, trousers on over the, the leg brace. What's I'm still in the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bloody freezing outside, yeah. yeah. What is, um, yeah, you're pretty lucky it's a mild winter in fairness so far. It's, uh, yeah, I, in fairness. Although there was snow in Monaghan last week, wasn't there? Apparently? Yeah, there was yeah. Sl- oh, it's slow and snow and flooding and all sorts. Thankfully, I'm only going home to Monaghan now, so I'll have my jacket on. But uh, no, the, the injury's actually, it's coming on well. It's, it's a very slow process at the moment. I'm almost coming up on eight weeks post-surgery. So I'm still in this big leg brace at the minute, trying to keep my leg in, in position. Um, and it, I mean, it's feeling it's feeling actually a lot better this week. I think that strength is really starting to come back into them up to 90 degrees flexion, able to bend it and walk about and stuff now. Uh, and I hope to get the the knee brace off in about two weeks. So once I once I can do that, I know that then the surge will have done done its job, and then it's a case of trying to trying to get myself back, uh, get one leg back up to the same size as the other one. Because unfortunately, when you spend eight weeks um, doing nothing on one leg, it kind of fades away a little bit. Whenever the injury happened, people thought that you'd actually done the cruise ship and were going to be out for nine months. The you know the standards, but it was the MCL, not the ACL. Is that right? The PCL, the posterior. Yeah, so it's uh, well, it's a bit of an odd one. You know, normally when people do the ACL, the the bad cruise ship, they do the PCL as well. Um, and when people have done the PCL in the past, it's 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 kind of a ligament that is not really needed. There's a lot of rugby players out there who play without. A PCL and it doesn't get operated again, but 
the problem was that I ripped mine off the bone um, and because that happened um, I, they felt that they needed to, to kind of put it back together again so that's kind of added the kind of complication in it. Um, your own World Cup you obviously were the focus of a bit of speculation pre-tournament about your own form and then suddenly your form was, was right back what was that experience like for you? Um, <laughs> it was tough I have to say you know I think that um, I suppose throughout pre-season I, I found pre-season was very tough I think um, you know whether I came back in maybe not the best shape I could have been in uh, or not I think that uh, you know it took me a week or two to really get myself back up and flying again um, but with the with I suppose the strength and depth that we had in the back five um, you know, I was always under pressure from the get go, and I think that uh, you know, I, I never felt fully assured of my place. And then, of course, the, the squad got selected. I went, and uh, and then we had the, the match over in Twickenham that didn't exactly go the way I would have liked it to go. And so, um, going into the first match to play against Canada and to not be picked, um, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a blow for me. Um, uh, you know, I, I suppose when I'd been fit, I'd gotten used to being picked, and, and to to not hear my name being called on the team sheet was disappointing, but I think that like the Keith Earls and Dave Carney were playing some super rugby at the minute. Uh and and I think at the time, you know, I had to just kinda of wait for my wait for my chance and when the chance came against Romania, you know, it was it was the pressure was there to take it and, and thankfully I had a decent enough game and, and was able to get myself back in there again. The like build up to that game, is that is that extra intense because you know the pressure is there or do you have to try and put all of that out of your mind and just go, same game as always, just do what you always do? Uh, no, to be honest with you, I kind of enjoyed it. I think that sometimes, you know, I, of course I knew the consequences, but at that stage I'd already been dropped. You know, I'd, oh, I wasn't I wasn't picked on the team. So in a way there was a little bit of pressure off, but at the same time I put put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, I, I knew I was good enough to, to get myself back into the team. Um, the boys were playing very well, but I knew I, knew I needed a big game. Um, and I suppose sometimes whenever you get to opportunities like that, it's about taking it, and, and I kind of enjoyed going into it like that. Form is such a tenuous thing in, for you guys, Brian. Like uh, one week you're playing really well, the next week you're not. You're kind of going, I don't understand what the difference is. Or from the outside, do you always know when you're not playing well why you're not playing well? I, I think as players, um, you just you back yourself 100 percent of the time. And so you even, never play badly. Like, no, it's not way, that you don't. Not that you don't play ever play badly because we are more often than not our own worst critics and so we realise when we've had a bad one but you just put that down to a, a, as an anomaly rather than the rather than the case and then you know you think next time out I'll put that right but then when you have if you have two or three of them or you've just you've been slow out of the box out of the blocks as 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 Tommy mentioned it just then it becomes just a little bit of a confidence thing, and then you just need one to reignite it. And he got his against Romania, and I had times myself throughout my career where you know you come back from an injury in particular, or you know, or preseason, and you've played four or five games, and you just haven't really done anything. You go, okay, where's this form coming from? And then one bang, you have a good game, and then everyone from externally is off your back and so you probably just relax into it a little bit more and just let your natural ability take over. Yeah, that definitely seemed to happen after the Romania game. You, you know, your form was back. It just appeared again, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is very much a confidence. You know, I knew in my own mind what I could do um, but sometimes when you do have a bit of a you know, maybe not a bad game, but things just are a little bit on. You know, people maybe on your back a little bit, and you're starting to question your question your ability a little bit. And I think that 
well, that's exactly it. You know, you you get something maybe goes right. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to have your your best game ever, but just one or two small things go right in the game. You start to feel feel good about yourself. And and I think you know in that Romania, you know, I started to to get a bit of a smile back on my face. I was enjoying getting my hands on the ball, and, and from that, and I, I was enjoying training week in week out as well. And I think that that. Um, you know that then I suppose gave me the confidence to try and get into into form again, and I really enjoyed you know the rest of the tournament, obviously up until the last game. You're both try scorers. Does actually scoring that try matter far more than anything else, or is that an exterior thing as well? Um, to, sorry, Tommy. Uh, I'll let you answer. All right, who's got more than me? <laughs> <laughs> to me, um, the the satisfaction. Um, Comes if you, if you if you've created and done the the lion's share of the work involved in the try, I think you get satisfaction from it. Like the people tend to quantify good performance, bad performance from an outside back and and winger point of view as being on the score sheet or not. But I've I've had you know some of my better games where I set up a couple of tries or you know I didn't do a whole lot else but just played a very solid game and I would have been hugely pleased with my performance. But yet, you don't get any headlines or you, you get very few column inches. But I was OK with that because, again, I knew that my, I, I, I was judging my own performance yeah. um, you know, in, in a strict enough way. Um, and so it was, it's, it was never always about try scoring, albeit it was, listen, it was never not nice getting you know, slapped on the back after a game when you did get a, a try or got a, a, got a couple. You know, no one, people prefer to have a, a slap on the back than a kick in the yeah. nowhere. Uh, Tommy, as a winger, I suspect the, your opportunity to be involved in the game is obviously that much smaller than the centre. So are you a bit yeah. more dependent? Like, so the finishing for one of the tries against Romania in particular was brilliant. And I'm wondering if after the game you're thinking, yeah, that's it. I'm back. Yeah, well, you are. Um, and unlike you know Brian playing at thirteen, there's there's a huge amount uh, you know that uh, you know he has the opportunity to get his hands on the ball a fair bit more. Um, you know, wingers are seen very much as finishers. You know that that is one of our main jobs on the pitch. So just so scoring tries is something that you know we take huge pride in, and it's hard to you know the scoring a try is really an amazing feeling. So you know when you do go over the try line, score that try or get to pick up two or three, it's, you know, you come off the pitch just feeling, uh, you know, like it's a pretty amazing feeling. So so you do get a huge confidence boost from that. But you know, again, um, you know, it's a team game. There are times where, you know, I've been able to put people in for tries and you do get similar satisfaction for it, but certainly being a winger and being a little bit selfish, I suppose, uh, scoring tries is always, it's always nice to them at, at the score sheet. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier on about Christmas and how difficult it is when you're playing. Do you get to at least enjoy Christmas dinner this year in a way that maybe you wouldn't do if you, you had to prepare for? Yeah, a bit? I think uh, I'm going to get to enjoy a bit of turkey this Christmas. Yeah, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Actually, I'm going to going to hopefully get home for a couple of days, but it should be a good bit of fun. Well, listen, best of luck with the rehab. And thanks a million for taking the call. Cheers, Pickle. Thanks very Cheers, much. Tommy. All right, have a good Christmas. Good luck, lads. Tommy Bow. There, we just uh, looked up the stats. Seventy-six tries between the two of us for Ireland. Uh, you've got 46 and he's got 30. He's second in the list. So, 16 to go.
Yeah, I think records he's, uh, aren't important, but you I know, I think he's come to the end. Personally, I think <laughs> don't, don't that, 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 that form is a sign of things to come. <laughs> that, that, that hiccup he had in that World Cup. <laughs> uh, um, they, they've got a bit of strength and depth, Ulster. Well, certainly in the back row or in the in the backs, um, but their forwards don't seem to have that same strength and depth. That's where their problem lies. You know, they've always well for, for a number of years they've had decent backs. You know, Tommy's been there a long time. Andrew Trimble has. Uh, Darren Cave has even been there a long time. Um, and then other, you know, other guys, you know, that have come and gone. They, they were, they never really struggled. Even you know, back to David Humphrey's days, he always controlled things very well. At the yeah. end, I just think they're lacking a bit of steel up front, and essentially that there's no good having a magnificent, you know, top class backline if you can't get them necessary ball to be able to create, and that is where their problem lies for me. They needed to replace John Afoe with a John Afoe, and they needed to replace Johan Mueller with a Mueller. Yeah. Mueller, 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 No, you're right, and and even you know, like when you lose someone like Ian Henderson now, like with the greatest respect, Robbie Diak is an is a is a nice footballer. He's been around a long time, but he's he's gone away from the type of back rower that you want. Now back rowers have to be strong and physical. He's mobile and kind of a link player. Yeah, as is Chris Henry. Granted, Nick Williams gives them the bit of size, but as even a unit, more evenly distributed yeah, size between exactly. the two, will be you know, yeah, yeah. You look at the great back rows, and um, I don't know Toulon, for instance. You know, it was was a Gorgodzi, Vermeulen, and Stefan Armitage. Like yeah. Stefan Armitage is, is as good a ball carrier as those other two, nearly. And yet, you know, they all have different skill sets with it within. So, yeah. I, I just think the dynamic of that back row doesn't have. You know the right fit, fit to it all yet. Okay, all right. We've got to take a break. We're back with uh, Tex and some monster talk after this. Off the ball with thanks to Ford. Drive for the line with the new Ford Cougar Titanium Plus. If you want to drive a real SUV, it's time to drive a Cougar. Ford, go further. All right, we've had a lot of texts. We're going to get to them in uh, just a moment. Uh, first of all, we've got to talk a bit about Munster as well because they find themselves in a, a sticky enough situation too where it's hard to see. Like with, with Leinster, the team isn't playing well. And okay, so they've got an improvement in the individuals to come which you assume will improve the collective. For Munster at the moment, it's just hard to see where they're going to get their break or what's going to improve for them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't know because at the moment, granted that they don't have they don't have Pete and Tommy O'Donnell, and those two will absolutely add. You know, put them together with CJ Stander the way he's playing, that will absolutely enhance the team. But you know, last week, you know, I know Mark Chisholm's in the team this week. But you know, they're one of their overseas players being on the bench, a bit like Leinster with Zane Kirshner not being in the twenty-three. You, these guys have to be big impact players for you. Yeah, I, I quite like the look of Francis Saili. I think he's been good. I think he, he could be looked after by his, you know, by his ten and and tw- well, who was yeah, it was ten and twelve because he played thirteen at the weekend. A little bit better. Um, I think. You know, Dennis Hurley and and Ian Keatley have been quite enough this season. Um, and Earlsy and 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 Zeebs, you know, looked busy at the weekend without a whole lot of possession. But I, I just don't see. There's no ruthlessness about them. Um, Very they, monster. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot of cutting edge. Um, and so you're right. I see them going over to Welford Road, and I wonder how are they going to turn around. Um, you know the, before, or the the result from the weekend 
um, into you know into a positive and and continue with this crazy stat of that the, you know every team both teams have only ever won away. Yeah, no one's won at home. Yeah. That would be a. <clears throat> it would definitely be something that Irish rugby needs at the moment. It would be great. It genuinely would be great because they're not out of it too. If they if they if they win, they've only you know lost one game. Granted, they didn't get a losing bonus point at home, which is important. You need to pick those up. But um, you know, going away to Welford Road would absolutely inspire confidence going into uh, five and six. Plus, they obviously still have to play their second game against Stad and. Anything could happen with Stad. Uh, Robbie says, ask Brian if he would agree that the fans have a right to expect better from professional players or does he agree with Trevor Hogan about the Munster fans' reaction? Trevor thought the Munster fans' reaction was a disgrace. That's the long and the short of um, the point that he was making on I Monday night. I think it's night. just they've been treated to so many good years that they got a little bit complacent with it and then when it started going off for them a small bit, you know, that you would expect your team to hang in there with you a little bit or your, your your crowd to hang in there with you a little bit more. I would agree with that. But there is an onus on players too to give them something to shout about and that was always something that was mentioned in dressing rooms that you know when things weren't going particularly well for you, you just need some moment. It doesn't have to be a perf- an 80-minute performance. You have to just create magic moments to inspire the crowd to get into full voice. Yeah, do you think uh, Foley did him no favours by leaving him out there that long? Because a lot of some people think that the crowd are actually jeering Foley and not Keatley at all, which you know it, they would be indirectly jeering Keatley as well. Yeah, I suppose I don't know a whole lot about about uh, Scannell that that uh, came on. Um, yeah, Keats didn't have one of his better games, that's for sure. Um, he, you know, when you start missing goals in in front of of, of the post, his head is gone. You know, stage. like you just can't afford to do that at that level. And then he just ha- he happened to be the one that got run over by. Ganova as well, so it just was one of those nights that nothing went well for him. Should I have had him off before that? I don't know. Hindsight, obviously, you think maybe you could have gotten could have gotten someone with a, a little bit of fresh confidence and a bit of impetus in there. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to destroy the confidence of your ten, knowing that Tyler Bladenthal, you know, has limped off at the captain's run the day before, and you mightn't have. You know, can you start Scannell like in Welford Road this weekend? Yeah. So probably lot, not. A, so there's a lot more. There's yeah. a lot of psychology to it as well. Well, because people were asking the same thing about Sexton when his game wasn't going great. Madigan didn't get any game time, and Leo was like, "Yeah, just the way game flow worked, we only had him left at the end." Like the decision to sub off your ten, it's not like you're replacing a prop. It's a huge statement of something. It is. It's it's, it's you've, you, yeah. It's it's you've gone poorly for us. Um, and unless they go off injured, you know, you, you yeah, we're, we're not happy with the way you've gone. Um, Say for the exception of of Paddy Jackson getting um, getting yanked last weekend because they had you know they were thirty nil yeah. thirty eight nil up, um, but I think in 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 Johnny's case, I think he he's he's earned the right to stay on and play through some bad performances or some off form performances because he's done it on so many occasions and yeah. you just feel as though he's someone that can play himself through a game or a day like that. It's it's. Yeah, he hasn't had a brilliant run of games and I haven't seen him as off-colour as, as he was at the weekend like that. And I would anticipate, I don't think we'll see him that, that off-colour again for quite some time. Is there any point in um, giving him a break at this point? Like, So Leinster's season at, for this part of the year and in Europe is done. From an Ireland perspective, you really need him to play in the Six Nations. I think he could do worse than, than giving him a break now. Like you said... Um, you know, going into Christmas um, 
I, I, like I know Johnny well and he's such an intense person and he takes his rugby so, so seriously. He's one of the best professionals out there and he really, it, it has a major effect on his mood throughout the week as to how well the team's going, how well he's going personally. So I'd say he's not a magnificent person to live with at the no, moment. No, I wouldn't say he'd take, taken a rest well either. No, but like sometimes when it's forced on you, when you know you have to take the reins and go. Listen, Johnny, it doesn't matter. You're 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 not to come in. Yeah. You need a week or ten days away, and you have to go to the sun. Now you're going to pay for it. We're not going to actually go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, just to get away, and sometimes yeah. you just you you need to rejuvenate a little bit of sun. You know, that's up I to Leo, even, though, isn't I it? Bet that's you even man during the summer. I don't know Johnny's Johnny's summer plans, but you could be sure he trained the whole time. He probably took no time off. So, you, you, you know, you just become a little bit stale, particularly after the disappointment and the come down from the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Dahi and Galway, are Connacht the best coached team in Ireland right now? There's a lot of... Uh... Jane, you know, it's it's hard to argue that, that, that they're not. I, I haven't seen every one of Connacht's games. I've seen a few of them. I thought I was very, very impressed with how they looked uh, from a coaching uh, capacity in the Munster performance. What I really liked about some of the stuff was we saw some plays and some intricacies in phase that no one else is doing. And I like forward thinkers like that, guys that are willing to come up with their own plays and not just copy what went on with the Brumbies or the Waratahs or whatever yeah. super team has had some success in recent years. But to actually go out and, and try some new plays that... You know, I don't know whether you've come, you've come up with yourself, or maybe you saw them years ago, or you know, I, I I like that aspect about Connacht, and they were it was an easy watch that 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 monster game because I, I was impressed with them. Okay, uh, we're in the same boat as all the other Pro Twelve teams at the moment. The English and French are years ahead. The future is bleak, says Tony. This is a point that you were making recently about the and you kind of referenced it a little bit earlier on. There's no point in having uh, the overseas players not good enough to be in the squad like it's literally a waste of the three or four places that you have available to you and so therefore it's a totally. waste of the money that's they, the problem with all the f- provinces yeah. the big the overseas lads are not superstars other than Pinar yeah, other than take, of him. take him out I couldn't agree with you more because they have to be as good as your best international players that's where, where it's been in the past when the provinces have had success. Dougie Howlett, Rocky, Johan Muller, Brad Thorne. Oh, Brad Thorne. All of those lads, yeah. And why can't, we just can't compete financially to get these lads. But yeah, the, I, think there's, I think there's definitely that. But I think as well there are... Couldn't you compete you know, if you... Stephen Moore, right? Yeah, Munster were yeah. in for him. So there's, he was, there's he was the, keen. Yeah, so there's the type of player that you need to be able to attract. He's willing yeah. to come. I don't know how Munster haven't managed to secure him. I think he would benefit... Irish rugby, Munster rugby, and he'd benefit Stephen Moore. I'm sure he'd get himself a nice pay packet. Aren't you as well having one guy who is the same price as three guys and uh, having the other three spaces be filled by academy players? You would think that, except you look at Connacht's case and they've got so many injuries that more numbers yeah. is better than... For Leinster, names. though. For Leinster, would it rather... But, but like at the moment, not having Zane Kirshner in the 23... Madness. Like I don't know what Zane Kirshner's being paid, but he's being paid a good chunk of change, and good luck to him. But not being in your twenty-three, you have to have your overseas players yeah. in your twenty-three, and starting in your fifteen. It's no good even Mark Chisholm last weekend being on the bench. You've got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Otherwise, it's completely pointless. Just doesn't make sense because then you you know you can you can bring it through academy guys for obviously you know much cheaper. If you're not if you're paying these guys three or four hundred grand whatever it is that's three or four other hundred grand players 
you know, that can get through an awful lot of work. Yeah. Particularly if these guys, if, if the if the three or four hundred grand player isn't even starting. All right. We have time for one last one. It's not a very happy one. Rich says, does Brian think there's a slip in talent level in the last few years? Are we producing the same level of player? I don't think the talent level has slipped. I think that's still there. I think, like all sports, you'll always have cycles. Um, and being a realist, you know, we do compete with a lot of other sports in Ireland too. Yeah. I think we did have a little bit of a golden era of players over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, very special players. Um, but we will see a continuation of, of some special players coming through. Whether it's the same level of numbers as we have seen in the last 15, only time will tell. All right, we're almost completely out of time. Uh, thanks very much, Brian. Have a great Christmas. Cheers, likewise. We'll see you again really soon. Gavin Morton was reporting on Twitter that uh, Media Olympique are saying Conor O'Shea has twice met with Italy in the last week and the Italians are uh, almost sure that he's going to be their new coach. The belief is he'll accept it at Grohl's day by day. Good move for him? Um... I, if he wants to change, yeah, I just I would cons- my only concern would be with with Italy is the, the, when you talk about quality of players coming through in Ireland. I just don't see the quality of players coming through with Italy. And no matter how well you coach the team, you have to have a certain standard of player to be able to compete at Six Nations level. All right, we're going to find out how Leinster get on against Toulon live and off the ball tomorrow. Dave McIntyre, Liam Tolan, Keith Wood, and Johnny Murphy from the Aviva. See you uh, for that game tomorrow. Crappy quiz up next. Off the ball with thanks to Ford. This season making stunning saves with the Ford 2016 Real Deal event at participating Ford dealers. Ford, go further.